Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Rustin. Strap in, dingus. We're going for a ride today. So I'm in the car again, so I apologize. The audio quality isn't exceptional, but I would be more motivated to do more of these episodes if you helped me out. So patron.podbean.com slash Obsidian Achievement. Patron.podbean.com slash Obsidian Achievement. Go and donate. Pledge to the cause. Listen, I'm not grubbing around for money. I'm, I'm matching you guys. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a little a little Obsidian Achievement fund. So if we raise five grand in a month, I'm going to match it with five grand of my own money. We do ten, I'm going to I want to match ten. If we do three hundred bucks, I'm going to match three hundred. And what I want to do is I want to invest in uh, better equipment, uh, a studio, and guests. I want to have some high level guests come in. Uh, that we could do some interviews and go back and forth with. I'm going to get uh, Tate. I'm going to get Top G on this podcast. <laughs> so we're going to need to raise probably about, I don't know, 50 to 100 grand. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, that would be sweet. That'd be an interesting person to have. But the reason why I'm saying this today is I need your help. And I also want to shout out, uh, we've got two gold level sponsors, uh, Shailen Acevedo and Veronica Koval, they're two clients of mine with the Obsidian staffing. Uh, they're loyal. They've been like pretty much day one clients with me. Uh, so I, I definitely want to give you two a shout-out, Shailin Acevedo and Veronica Koval. I'm going to be tagging them. In fact, Shailin is on the Obsidian page uh, as of yesterday. Veronica will be on the Obsidian page today. Uh, but, ladies, I just want to say thank you. You're our first two gold-level sponsors and your clients of mine. I don't know how much more money you can give me, but I appreciate it. Veronica said she was my sugar mama. <laughs> she sent me a picture, a screenshot of the donation, said, who's your sugar mama? I was dying, man. So uh, I appreciate you guys uh, and your continued support. Geneva, my wife Geneva, although it was only $25 and it was my money that you gave back to me, <laughs> I want to say thank you, Geneva, as well. It goes a long way, my lovely wife. All right, let's get into it. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, suffering. So when I was here, right, fun topic. So when I was in the gym this morning, I was, uh, man, I'm doing legs. And I got to this point, when I'm talking suffering, I'm talking self-imposed suffering, the, the suffering that you choose to be a part of, right? Not, you know, suffering imposed on you by other people or really nasty circumstances or illness, death, disease. I'm talking about self-imposed suffering. And I was in the gym this morning, and, you know, I'm just crushing my legs. Back squats, hack squats, Bulgarians, which are just torture. Leg extensions, leg curls, I'm doing it all, right? Some people split their leg days into two days, and I think they're soft. Oh, much you hyper, hypertrophy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, I'm in here. It's not optimal. So I'm in here. And I'm just dying, right? So I, I get done with my squats. I'm still feeling pretty good after the squats. I'm, you know, there's that burn. There's that quiver. There's that pump in the legs. And then I go to the leg curls. I'm hitting a different grouping. So it doesn't really – and then I get to the Bulgarians. And I'm doing these Bulgarians with 100-pound dumbbells. So I'm doing 200-pound 200, uh, 200 Bulgarian split squats, right? And when you lift this kind of weight, I, I'm not, you know, putting myself on a pen. I'm not, there's guys way, way bigger and way stronger than me. Not many, but there are some. And uh, 
I'm doing these split squats, and it's funny because when you start working really hard in the gym, people like will uh, move away from you. <laughs> Somebody be right in the middle of a set, just pick their dumbbells up and walk away. And I don't grunt that loud. I don't think I don't scream. I don't slam weights. I, I have a philosophy against slamming weights. You know, I'll, I'll chest press 150s and make sure that they don't slam against the ground. I hate that stuff. Kids out here, these old SARM goblins are out here slamming 60-pound dumbbells into the floor. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm in these. I'm in this Bulgarian split squat. I'm in my third set of three and I'm suffering like you feel like you're gonna kind of puke you feel like you also might shit your pants and evacuate your bowels uh you start getting lightheaded I don't really have joint problems but after going this deep and you know I'm squatting 405 for reps you know with no knee sleeves that's another thing these guys got these sleeves they wrap their legs they got 14 belts they got a belt strapped around their forehead they got elbow sleeves they got wrist wraps. They got a life jacket on. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I just broad dog it with a belt, right? But anyways, your knees are hurting. And, dude, I just got to this place where I'm like, I don't care about anything right now. My business wasn't on my mind. You know, my some of the problems, just normal life problems we're, you know, working through right now is weren't on my mind. And I just, it, my mind was blank. It was the most beautiful, beautiful experience I've had recently. It was, I don't know, thinking back on it, it's cathartic, right? It's just, it was such a beautiful experience. Like my mind was blank. It was clear. The only thing I could concentrate on was working my way through that suffering. And it was almost meditative, you know what I mean? It, there was a meditative quality to this this moment that I had with myself. And I realized not only, you know, because I've talked about suffering in the, in the capacity that you are building your mental muscle, that if you can put yourself through physical suffering optionally uh, and get through it, you're, you're building your mental toughness, um, you know, you're getting stronger mentally, physically, and spiritually, but... You know, I've never really talked about the meditative quality and the peace that comes through self-imposed suffering. This is, you know, you know, Viktor Frankl, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, you know, that's very different. That was not self-imposed. But what was self-imposed was the way he chose to react suffering in the Nazi camps. And I could see how he was able to find peace. I'm not comparing at all, at all, doing Bulgarian split squats to being in a concentration camp, okay? What I am saying is when you go through suffering, it provides clarity and perspective. Because at some point, your mind is literally, I feel like our mind, when, you're, when you push yourself to that level of physical exertion, some people panic. I've seen people panic in workouts, like it's women, sorry women. I've seen women panic and like, oh, I can't do this, because... Your body tricks you into thinking you're going to die to get you to stop, right? Because your body doesn't want discomfort. You're evolutionarily wired to want comfort. It's, it's just, uh, just just comfort, right? And when you go through, man, these people in Maine just love cruising in the passing lane. They're such, you, you, if I got Mainers listening to this, you guys are the worst drivers in the continental U.S. Um, but... 
it, it provides clarity and perspective because you realize, like, oh, I'm not going to die. And I believe that this is how I've been able to get through so many things in my life was, you know, the best thing I think that could have happened to me as a young man was being in wrestling. In wrestling, you know, you're starving yourself. You're running around with trash bags on. You're cutting 10 pounds of weight when you're already at 7% body fat or less. You know, it's just it's tough. You're running 10 miles in practice. And you realize that you always get through to the other side. You didn't die. So I feel like in life, like, the more self-imposed suffering you go through, the more you're able to navigate problems in life because you've already convinced your mind that this suffering that you encounter isn't going to kill you. There is such an issue with avoidance of suffering in our society. You can see it everywhere. Our society craves comfort. It abhors anything like we, that, that would shatter the bubble. People live in these little bubbles, and that's where you get, and the reason why, and here we go, political, the reason why so many people now have self-diagnosed mental illnesses, the reason why so many people now are neurodivergent, the reason now so many people are transgender is when you don't expose yourself to suffering, I don't know where I'm taking this, but I, I can see it in my head, but I can't articulate. When you don't expose yourself to suffering, you start to create problems in your bubble. Because I think secretly, as human beings, we are wired to, thank you, lady, women. Women shouldn't be allowed to drive or vote. I'm just kidding, ladies, uh, partially. So, so you create these scenarios in your head. Because I think human beings secretly desire conquest. They desire, I think human beings deep down, not secretly, but deep down, really desire conquest and to overcome and to conquer and to achieve and endure, right? So when you avoid intentional suffering, you create suffering in your life in other ways. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? And it's not the good kind of suffering where you go to the gym and choose to suffer there. You go to Muay Thai and you choose to suffer there. You choose. It's like, well, I'm going to change my gender because I have trauma. I'm going to have this mental illness because I'm traumatized. And, you know, I'm going to get all kinds of people that are like, oh, you don't get to choose mental illness. Listen, I've been through the ringer and the whole mental illness thing. If anybody gets to speak on it, it's me. I've been 201. I've been hospitalized. I've been on meds. I've been I've been through it all. So you can't sit there and say you, you don't know what it's like. I absolutely know what it's like. And you know what it is? It is a choice. It is a choice. I'm going to say it. Here we go. We're going off the rails. I don't even remember the original topic. But some of you need to hear this. In my spirit, somebody's listening to this, and they're using their mental illness as a, you, first of all, you're identifying too strongly with it. And second of all, you're using it as a crutch, as an excuse to be pathetic and weak. Stop it. Well, it's a chemical imbalance. Of course it is. I would never deny that. But you're not doing anything to help yourself. And the people that say sometimes you're so depressed you can't get out of you can't get out of bed. It's physically impossible. No, it's not. You swing your legs over the end of the bed. You stand up like a grown man or a grown woman, not a little bitchy toddler, and you oh that is the cutest puppy. And you take one 
foot and you put it in front of the other and you walk outside. And you do that every single day, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much you want to give up, you, no matter how much you want to cry, no matter how much you just want to throw yourself back down, no matter how much you just want to end it all, you just keep getting up. This whole mental illness thing is not an excuse. It's not an excuse. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of people identifying with it so strongly because you like you can't even tell like there's no your personality gets swallowed up you know how many people i know their entire personality is wrapped up in their mental illness why well, i have bpd i have depression i have anxiety and, and they put it in their social media bios and it's all they can talk about and every time something goes wrong in their life they attribute it to the illness so what you've done is you've given all of your control away You've given all of your control away, and you're completely and utterly helpless. And it's a shame. It's a shame. I don't ever say, you will never hear me say, ask anybody that's close to me, you will never hear me say, I'm bipolar. You'll hear me say I was, you know, when I was a early 20s, I was diagnosed as having, but I, you know, I don't really, like, you'll never hear me say that, because I don't identify with it, I don't make it a part, and I did it when, and this is what the mental health community does, is you go to counseling, you go to bullshit talk therapy, and you sit there and you listen to this lady, who is probably divorced, has problems in her own life, or she's not divorced, her marriage is probably falling apart. This lady hasn't figured out life. She hasn't figured life out yet. She's a counselor. <laughs> She's a therapist. And you go there and you have this lady sit across from you and tell you, you are bipolar. You are depressed. You are anxious. Well, have you ever thought that it's because you are depressed? Have you ever, and they tell you are, you are, you are, you are, and they tell you over and over and over and over and they create what they do, it's almost like if I were to tell you to stop using your legs and just use these crutches. Stop using your legs and use these crutches. Use, use, nope, nope, get off your own legs. No, no, you don't need to be strong for anybody. You don't need to be strong for anybody. This is how you are. It's a chemical imbalance. But use these crutches, use these crutches. Use, and before you know it, you've weakened your legs to the point where you can't even stand on your own legs anymore. It's like you were in fucking space. Pardon my French. But this, this gets me fired up. Everybody now, they got it in their bios on Instagram. And it gets to the point where you can't, you can't walk on your own two legs anymore. And shame on these therapists. Shame on these counselors. Shame on these mental... Dude, I, and again, I've been through it all. I've been through it all. Talk therapy for most people for most people is useless. One of my very, very close friends, she goes to talk therapy, and I think it works very, very well for her because they actually, like, work. My, my wife, in, pre in preparation for her pregnancy, goes to talk therapy. To, if, it's to, if there's a specific objective that you're working towards or a problem that you're working through, it makes sense. But just to go have some person give you some diagnosis 
and then prescribe you pills. It's ridiculous. This is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. You can't see. Medication isn't the answer. You're treating the symptoms, not the cause. I'm just going to say it. Now, this is legal disclaimer. I'm not telling you to get off your meds if you're on meds. It's not, it's not what I'm saying. Although you can read between the lines. Have somebody get off their meds and kill three people and then try to sue me. <laughs> well, I heard on Mike's podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I know you. You know who you are, you idiot. Probably crossed your mind, too. So, you got to, listen, it it comes down to this. It comes down to this. Anytime somebody asks me for mental health advice, you're all doing the same things. You're staying up too late. You're drinking more caffeine in a day than a horse in a race should drink. You're, You're bombarding your mind with overstimulation. You can't get your face off of TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. You're constantly puffing on a nicotine stick. You're staying up till 1 o'clock in the morning. You're sleeping in till 8 or 9. You're always behind. You're always trying to play catch-up. You're not working out. You're putting poison in your body through what you're drinking and what you're eating. Many of you are drinking too. I have a mental health problem. No. You have a lack of discipline. You're pathetic. You're undisciplined get your ass to bed early wake up early drink water stop puffing on the damn nicotine stick put down the booze get in the gym and then do that for six months and then come back and tell me that i have a mental health problem so sick and tired of losers you know what because here's the thing I've been through mental health issues, and I know how difficult it is. So when I see somebody just coasting through life as an absolute losing, loser, blood-sucking, worthless piece of society, and using mental health as a crutch, it disgusts me because I know how difficult it is to go through it. I know how hard it is. I've been through it. And I can look back at the person that I was and the thoughts I was thinking, and I was like, well, I get to act this way because I've been diagnosed as bipolar. I don't feel like doing it today. It's okay. I'm bipolar. I'm in a depressive uh, episode, so I don't need to do it today. Nope. Just blame the bipolar. Oh, I feel like going out and, you know, having sex with 400 people and drinking three bottles of Jack Daniels and gambling all my money and driving my Maserati into a tree. Oh, it's because I'm having a manic episode. It's all right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And some of you go through life. Oh, I'm depressed, so I can't. Oh, I have anxiety, so I can't. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's so weak, it's so weak, and I was there. So this isn't just me belittling you and smashing you into the earth. It's me talking to past me and me making sure that current me doesn't go back to what past me used to do. You don't think I don't have bad days? You think it's all just peaches and cream for Mike Ruffin, 24-7, 365? You think it's just rainbows and sunshine and unicorns? There are some days I get up and I'm like, it, you ask my wife. There are some days I get up and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I can't do it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I go, you know what I do? I do it anyways. I do it anyways. Because I'll be damned. I, I look back at all these doctors. I look back at all these women. 
I look back at all these counselors I sat across from, and, uh, and I, I hear them in my head. You can't do this on your own. You're right. I can't. I can't do it without Jesus, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, so let's get that out of the way. But you can't do this on your own. It's very difficult to navigate this without medication. Many people have to be hospital. Many people need talk therapy for the rest. Many people need medication, lithium, Seroquel for the rest of their life. Many people need that. You're going to need to, you're going to blah, blah, blah. Weak, 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 weak. Take these meds. Sit down, shut up, show up to counseling, pay me, because you know what? A cured patient is a lost customer. So the last thing I want is for you to actually better yourself. I want you to get the, and you know what they say, manage the symptoms. Cool. You know how foul that is? Manage the symptoms. We want to help you manage the symptoms. You know why? So you feel just good enough to where you don't want to change and just bad enough to where you still need us. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I just gave you the answer. I want you to feel just good enough to where you don't feel radically uh, influenced to change yourself and your habits, but just a little bit bad so you, you keep coming back to me to make your appointment every month to get your pills. It's crazy. I guess <laughs> my suffering this morning illuminated these thoughts for me, and this has been on my mind for a while. I've been meaning to speak on this for a while. And if you don't like the intensity of my delivery this morning, you don't ever have to tune back in at all. I don't need you. So, see ya. But, I just felt like somebody needed to hear this. I don't know who you are, but somebody needed to hear it. And this is my coaching style. My coaching style is very direct. I don't tiptoe around feelings. We don't have time to tiptoe around feelings. We don't, we don't have time. I don't have time to make sure that you feel good before I deliver a message to you. It's either you're going to take it, or you're going to implement it, you're going to listen to what I say, you're going to know that I care and I love about you guys, or love you guys, I care about you guys, and I want the best for you. And you're going to trust that I have your best interest at heart, that I've been through it all. I've got the life experience of a 157-year-old. You just listen to me. Or you don't ever have to tune back in again. But I think that the more intentional suffering you put yourself through, the less of a bitch you are. But the more that you go and really suffer... I'm not saying just show up at the gym. We talked about this the other day. I'm talking about going and really pushing your limitations daily. I think you'll discover a lot about yourself. All right, I've ran it on long enough, so I'll let you guys go. But uh, I appreciate all of you. I love you guys. And I hope you can take this message the right way.